It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are broadcasting live today at Emory and Henry College in Virginia in front of a live studio audience. That is wonderful. What a, what a great crowd. Emory and Henry College in Virginia. And we are here to talk about the red flag campaign. Uh, a lot of... Um, uh, domestic violence uh, situations happening on college campuses across America, and the students here and the faculty at Emory and Henry are doing their part to uh, bring awareness to domestic violence and, and healthy dating relationships. And we have uh, with us our first guest, Nathan Fischel. Nathan, stand up here and take a bow from your, from your peers here. They love you. Listen to that applause. All right, just uh, Nathan, help us out with the definition of what the Red Flag Campaign is here in the first paragraph. All right, the Red Flag Campaign is a public awareness campaign designed to address dating violence and promote the prevention of dating violence on college campuses. Who wouldn't want to date this guy, huh? Come on, give him a round of applause. Nice job, Nathan. All right, next up uh, on our list of volunteers, look at these guys. You are like, don't call on me, man. You're not even going to look at me, are you? Come on, man. I don't care how thick your neck is. Come on, help me out. <laughs> Come on. I know you're on the football team, I can tell. Come on, you help me out? Help me out. Stand up, brother. Here we go. What's your name? Justin Farmer. All right, Justin. What's uh, the campaign? Uh, how was it created, the second paragraph there? The campaign was created using a bystander intervention strategy, encouraging friends and other campus community members to say something when they see warning signs, red flags for dating violence in a friend's relationship. That's fantastic. Let's have a round of applause for him. Bystander intervention. That's uh, also commonly called bystander behavior. If you see something, say something. Uh, if you see the posters in the airport that say, see something, say something, like if you saw a backpack with a bunch of red wires coming out of it, you'd tell the, you know, the TSA, you'd say, hey, I think there's a bomb over there in that backpack. Well, that can be true of uh, your friends right here on campus with their dating relationships. You see some wires sticking out of a backpack, you're going to say something. So if you see something, say something. If you see a relationship that could go bad, could go south, say something to somebody, a counselor, a friend, uh, a professor, a teacher. Get somebody involved to prevent something tragic from happening down the road. Okay, over on this side of the room, our next volunteer is, they're pointing at you, my man. They're pointing at you. All right, here he is. What's your name? Chase Kirk. Chase, okay. How you feeling? You don't even want to be here, do you? Uh, I love to be here. <laughs> you sold that. I believe you. Okay, here's uh, your third paragraph. Let's learn a little bit more about the Red Flag Campaign. The campaign is a project of the Virginia Sexual and Domestic Violence Action Alliance and was created by college students, college personnel, and community victim advocates. Very nice. Let's have a round of applause for him. And finally, uh, we need to thank our sponsors. Uh, there are some big-time corporate sponsors involved with the Red Flag Campaign. So, sir, what is your name? Adam Henderson. Adam, that's a beautiful name. I love it. <laughs> thank you. 
Let's uh, read that fourth paragraph and uh, thank the sponsors. The campaign is funded by grants from the Verizon Foundation, Verizon Wireless, Macy's Foundation, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And we want to encourage you to check out the redflagcampaign.org for more information, the redflagcampaign.org for more information about uh, this great social awareness campaign on the campus of Emory and Henry College in Virginia. Give yourselves a round of applause. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. And we appreciate you hanging out with The Adam Ritz Show. You can follow us on Twitter, at Adam Ritz. I am in Dallas, Texas now, on the campus of Southern Methodist University. We're with uh, campus administrator Kevin Sabir. Did I get that last name right, Kevin? It's Sabir. Ooh, I'm sorry. Kevin Sabir. It happens all the time. Don't worry. Just curious. What's the, the, uh, I guess, uh, nationality behind Kevin Sabir? There's a little French Creole in there. I'm originally from New Orleans. Okay. Do you speak French? I don't. <laughs> I don't either. We'll, we'll conduct this interview in English then, if there that's we, okay. There we go. All right. Kevin Saber is uh, behind a big desk here on campus at SMU. You are, you're, what's your official title? I'm the coordinator for fraternity and sorority life. Fraternity and sorority. We do a lot of charity work on this radio show, and, and we're so appreciative of all the charity work that Greek life, fraternity, sororities do campus to campus. Uh, can you talk about some of the, I guess, charity work and service work that your uh, ladies and gentlemen have been involved with here at SMU? I'm going to highlight uh, a, a service project that our gentlemen do here, and they have been for the past I think 10 years. They have a long-standing relationship with the Special Olympics of North Texas, and they co-host um, the Special Olympics Volleyball Tournament here on SMU's campus every November. So there are something like 35 regions of uh, Special Olympics across North Texas, different teams um, for volleyball, uh, and they, all of those teams come together for like their final championship tournament here on SMU's campus, and IFC, um, the Interfraternity Council, they host that tournament and you know they get the kids the shirts and um, lunches they make a whole day out of it there's an award ceremony and so just seeing the how appreciative obviously the participants the athletes are of that it really warms the guys hearts Um, and then the guys get a kick out of it too because you know they're they're reffing um, they're you know in the, in between games, they're taking part in a, like a mini volleyball games with we're doing serving contests and things like that. And it's always funny. I think uh, a little tidbit is always funny when you see um, you know the guys coming up and they might think that okay, well maybe uh, maybe I need to be a little tender around some of these athletes. But these athletes they're coming to they're coming to play. Yeah. They're coming to win. And so then they're always blown back by how how into it the athletes are during that tournament. And that's student run by your guys and girls. It's a, in a partnership with the uh, with the Special Olympics. Okay, and I guess how, how long. Long is the tournament leading up to the the finals here at SMU? When does that tournament start? Uh, I would say they probably, for the most part, um, probably from August leading up to the finals are always around November. So each each uh, little subunit uh, handles their own schedule. We're not involved in that portion of it, but once it's the big tournament that everyone comes to, that's what we host. And where is that? Hosted at the uh, where the basketball team plays, like in the big gymnasium or no. the arena. <laughs> no, no, not in that one. But we get we get the one uh, we host it in the recreational center here on campus because there's more courts. Okay. Um. So if we could have it in the big arena, we possibly would, but then it would probably take longer because we've got three, four games yeah. going on at a time. Is there a SMU IFC Panhell? Uh, Facebook page where we can see some pictures from this or anything. Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. 
um, at S, a capital SMU underscore IFC. That's the Interfraternity Council. Um, you can look for SMU and uh, IFC and Panhellenic on Facebook, SMU Interfraternity Council, SMU Panhellenic Council, um, as well as our Multicultural Greek Council and our National Panhellenic Council. They also have Facebook page. So we're, we're out there on the social media. Our guest is Kevin Saber, the director of uh, fraternity and sorority life here at SMU in Dallas, Texas. And when you think of uh, fraternities and sororities, uh, I was in a fraternity myself in college. Uh, you know, you've always heard the positive branding, like, you know, uh, 41 out of 42 U.S. presidents were fraternity men. And, you, you know, 99% of CEOs and companies were in a fraternity. There's a lot of bad publicity that goes along with, with Greek life and fraternities as well. Um, public perception versus reality. Uh, you know, sometimes a story of hazing outweighs a story of charity and community service. What do you do from behind your desk, I guess, to make sure these guys understand integrity, character, being a gentleman, getting involved, and, and just keeping that, I guess, the fact that they're under a microscope, keeping that at the forefront of everything they do. One thing that I always um, tell the guys when I work with them is a big thing to focus on is intention versus perception. Is what is your intention when you're doing something? And what? how are you going to be perceived when you're doing that action also? And I think if you have the right intentions, then the right perception will come along. I think a lot of times when it is true we have some negative activities that take place, a lot of times the intentions maybe weren't in the best place. And so that's why the negative perception um, always comes into place. But if our guys, um, any fraternity man, any man in general, if he has the right intentions for the action that he's doing, the perception will come along with it. I think leadership is relational-based, and so that's what makes fraternity, in my opinion, the premier leadership experience on a college campus is because it's so based in relationships. You form these relationships almost instantly with these men, and it lasts your entire life. I know you can probably think of still some fraternity brothers that you might keep in contact with or still know. I know I have a few who I always you know, keep in contact with almost on a daily basis and things like that, and that's due to the relationship. And those relationships help us through our lives and in our actions. That's inspirational stuff from the behind the desk. Uh, the big uh, title is uh, Director of Fraternity Sorority Life. It's Kevin Saber uh, here at SMU, and we can't thank you enough for your time, and we wish you again and all your groups uh, the best of luck here this year. My pleasure, and it's always a pleasure being on The Adam Ritz Show. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. Thanks again for hanging out with us on The Adam Ritz Show. We are in Pittsburgh now, uh, on the campus of Robert Morris University with Bobby Joe Bellis. Hi, Bobby Joe. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Adam? I am doing wonderful. We're actually conducting this interview in Joe Walton Stadium, the football stadium for the Robert Morris uh, football... Colonials. Colonials. So, we're talking about uh, football from a, from a female perspective and from uh, your chair. You're the... What is your title with the football team? It's football coordinator... Um, at some other schools, it would be director of operations, but it's same, different title, same role. So you work with the student athletes, the football players, uh, both on the field and off the field. I'm going to assume you set up some community service projects and uh, help the guys with some off the field, I guess, character enhancers. Well, I have a my job, I guess, is all encompassing outside of planning training camp and spring ball and all of our travel running the budget and is um, Coach Walton's celebrity golf fundraiser golf outing. I guess you could say other duties as assigned would include um, scheduling some community service, um, if players should 
have issues off the field, we I sort of help facilitate to make sure they're doing what they need to do to correct those issues and get in good standing. Um, pretty much anything you can think of. If a guy is just looking for community service on his own, I can help him coordinate that. Um, here at Robert Morris, all students have a student engagement transcript that they have to complete before graduation, and a lot of that is a big piece of community service. And outside of what we do as a team for community service, I do help the players with some other things from time to time. So let's talk uh, individual community service versus team community service. Um, now, we can assume, uh, I'm, in fact, I talked to some of your guys earlier today about them working with uh, charities and foundations and community service individually, helping kids learn how to read, building parks. Uh, what about from a team perspective? You get all 100 guys to show up and do what? Well, it's hard to do community service as a team during the season. So in the off season, about once a month, I try to plan something. It's, of course, it's hard to get all 95 or 110 guys out there, but we we try to do something once a month in the off season, uh, whether it's Special Olympics or um, going to Children's Hospital to visit, visit patients. Last year during spring ball, we hosted, we partnered with some folks on campus to host a blood book and toy drive. Cool. Uh, one of our players um, had leukemia his senior year of high school, and he came to me with a great idea to spread awareness about leukemia and getting blood screenings and things like that. So what we did was we partnered with Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, which is one of the premier hospitals in the country for children. Um, we raised we raised awareness for leukemia. We partnered with the university to host a blood drive. Uh, typically, this blood drive in the spring doesn't get a lot of people. They would maybe get maybe 20 or 30 people, and we had close to 100 people that came out that day to donate blood. We collected books and toys, and we did that the whole month of April. We did a big toy drive the day of our spring game. And over the summer, I think we went in July, a couple weeks before training camp started, and th two of our players and three of our coaches and myself went to Children's Hospital to, we delivered all the toys, and then we, we were fortunate enough that they took us into some of the patients' rooms, and we got to visit with some of the kids and give them a toy and kind of visit with them, brighten up their day, and of course we were promoting Bobby Moe football and we gave them little schedule magnets and stickers and things with our logo on them and I think the kids were happy to see us and have somebody different come in the room that wasn't a nurse or a doctor or sure. somebody pricking them with a needle or something like that so we were able to bring some joy uh, to their day. That's great it's uh, it's awareness and community service it's inspiring for all of us uh, me including the listeners to know that you can get out there you can get involved with your community and just help out. Uh, Bobby Joe Bellis is our guest at Robert Morris University she's with the football squad um, Let's talk about your role with this team as a, as a woman. Gender issues are a big topic of discussion in social awareness uh, across the country. Uh, I would think that a student athlete, a male student athlete, it's to their advantage to have a female around the complex so that they are, it's always top of mind to be respectful of women. Um, what is your role or what's your take on this topic, I guess? I, it's a very interesting situation. Um, I've been around athletics my whole life having played sports all through high school. Um, when I was a student here at Robert Morris, I worked for the football team. So I guess you could say I was kind of used to that athletic environment. Um, I've been fortunate enough where I haven't had any unpleasant interactions or experiences in my 
lifetime or in my career, but it is important. I think I bring a different perspective to the to the athletes. I'm not a coach. I'm not on out there on the field with them. Um, my interactions with them are, are very different than what they go through on a daily basis with their coach or even the athletic trainers or their professors. I think I'm still young enough that I can relate to them with what's going on. I try to keep up with social media and I, I try to stay up to date with what's going on in their lives. I mean, every time I see a guy, I'm always asking about their parents and about school or girlfriends or just what's going on with them in general. Um, of course, I care about their football career and things like that, but I care about them as a person and is there anything I can do to help you? I have guys that come to me and ask me for help with their resume, things like that, or just general, just talking, getting to know people. Um, it is a unique environment. It's not a regular office. It's not a regular nine to five job. Um, you just have to be ready to adjust. Uh, just as the coaches, what game scenarios change, players and coaches have to be ready to adjust and my job's kind of the same way. I might have my plan for a day that I'm going to do these five or six different things. Well, if something comes up, I have to be ready if the coaches need something or the players need something. Um, you have to be able to multitask. You have to be able to handle yourself in a professional situation. You have to be able to take criticism, uh, <laughs> not take it personal. Um, it is it is very much a man's world, um, but I'm, I'm very much an open-minded person and take it as it is. I don't take things personal. Um, we have a great family atmosphere in our, as a staff as well as a team. I mean, we joke around with each other and uh, just I was telling you earlier today how the guys pulled a, pulled a prank on me at our photo day. They decided not to wear shoes in their picture. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're family and we can get along like that. But it, I mean, you do have to be careful. You yeah. do have to conduct yourself in a professional setting and you have to know when to tell these kids um, you know how to act in certain situations and to treat people with respect and remove your hat when you come into a come into the building and when you're in meetings and treating treating all people with respect so yeah. it's a good job all right uh, before I let you go she's Bobby Joe Bellis with the uh, administration's offices uh, we're here with the Robert Morris University football squad and we're actually sitting inside the stadium right now Joe Walton Stadium before I let you go I want to talk about Joe Walton, the, the namesake of this stadium. He started this team. This university did not have a football team prior to 1993. So he uh, started the team. He birthed the team 20 years later. It's the 20th anniversary of the season. The stadium's named after him. This is his final season as coach. He's a legend in American football. He's coached in the NFL. Uh, I'm sure he's coached uh, all over the collegiate ranks, and uh, he's just one heck of a – I've met him earlier. What a character. Uh, let's talk about him real quick. Uh, what do you think of Coach Joe Walton? I think the world of Coach Walton. Uh, when I was a student here, 18- to 22-year-old female working for the football team, I learned a lot from him. Um, I learned a lot about teamwork, character, being prepared, um, that give it – give it whatever it takes to get the job done mentality. Uh, what I learned here as a student, I've carried with me throughout my professional career. Um, having returned to Robert Morris in March of 2011, um, I've learned a lot more since then. And I think young people today, I think maybe some of our freshmen 
before, while they're being recruited by us and when they first get here, I don't think they really know who Coach is until they get here and they start reading more about the program, being around their teammates, being around our alumni players that come back for picnics and games and reunions. Um, coach is truly an amazing person. He's a great coach. A lot of what you see in the NFL today, some of these plays, Coach was doing that back in the 80s with the New York Jets. Um, a lot of people joke around, oh, he, he runs the same offense, but it works. There's a reason why he's running it, because it works. And if you can learn the system and if you can take criticism, uh, you'll be a great player. Uh, but not only that, he teaches these kids important life lessons. I interact a lot with our alumni players, and they realize when they graduate and come back how much they learned from Coach Walton. Um, he's a great person of character. He's a tell-it-like-it-is guy. He cares about our players. He cares very much about this university. Um, we didn't have football in 1993. He started this program from scratch. He was given a tiny office with a telephone and a phone book and said, build a football program. And he, and he did. And what he's brought to this university is truly amazing. Um, all the new development, the stadium. Coach likes to tell the story. When he got here in 1993, there wasn't a flower on this campus. And I just gave you the tour, and you can yeah. see how beautiful our campus is. And I think football is a reason why this university has grown so much. Um, in 20 years, we've had six Northeast Conference championships. We've had five different players go on to the pros. We've had... Um, 10 academic All-Americans. Our players have had numerous academic and athletic accolades, and um, it's a great history. It's a rich, rich history. We're looking forward um, to having a very successful year in 2013, and at the end of this season, uh, we know we're going to be in good hands when Coach Banizak takes over the program. So it's a great time to be a Robert Morris Colonial, and, um, and we wish Coach all the best. Well, I'm telling you, I, I wish Coach Joe Walton the best, too, as he uh, goes on into, I, I'm assuming, retirement. If not, if he's going to coach somewhere else, <laughs> I, I, it seems like he, if, if you're going to have a movie and you need a coach to play just the quintessential college football coach or, or American football coach, it's this guy. He's got the cigar in his mouth. Uh, you were telling me he doesn't even smoke it. It's just the right. cigar. It's a, it's a trademark. He's got the hair slicked back. He's got the, the gravelly voice and the, and the eyes that can just pierce right through you. Uh, it was an honor to meet him. And uh, if you're a college football or a, an American football fan, uh, Google Joe Walton. You'll be better off having learned who this man is and what he's accomplished in his career. So congratulations, Joe, on your retirement. And Bobby Joe Bellis, uh, can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us on the program to tell us about uh, the Robert Morris University football program. Bobby Joe, thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. This is Sony Wagner with the Department of Children and Families in Miami, and you're listening to The Adam Ritz Show. And the Adam Ritz Show rolls on from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'm on the campus of Southern Miss in the Conference USA, and uh, we're here with Director of Football Operations, John Carr. Hi, John. How are you? Doing good, Adam. Thanks for having me on campus. I love uh, the stadium, uh, the new turf. Uh, you've got uh, a new head coach. Things are exciting here in Hattiesburg. Uh, everybody knows Brett Favre played here. That's a big name. And I didn't know until I got here and saw your names around the ring of the stadium, Ray Guy played here, one of the best punters, if not the best punter of all time. 
It is. You know, there's a great tradition here at Southern Miss. A lot of great players. A lot of uh, a lot of great traditions here, and playing at the Rock. And and I tell you, it's a new staff. It's a new beginning, and there's a lot of excitement surrounding this foot, first uh, football season for Coach Todd Munkin and our guys. So, and we appreciate you coming on campus and and giving your input to uh, to our players tonight. John, I wanted to ask you about character uh, and community service from a student athlete perspective, because you've got a a unique perspective to bring to our show because you worked for years in the high school level as both a head football coach and the athletic director, uh, and now you are in the college ranks, Division One college football, the director of football ops for Southern Miss. Um, what can you bring to the table? And again, our listeners in the Social Awareness Radio Show, we're, we're not athletes, but uh, you know, sports emulates real life, and we can learn from sports. How important is that service angle, community service, character when it comes to uh, a student athlete from your perspective? Oh, it's very important. And, and just like you mentioned, me being at the high school level and us trying to, to get that foundation early on when they're 13, 14 years old and entering, and, and hopefully they got good upbringing at home, but also as a high school coach, your, your job is to not only help nurture them along in, in athletics, but more along the lines of, of being young men and, and good qualities and how to treat women and also how to take care of your bodies and take care of yourself to where you can be good, prosperous adults in your community and so now here at the college level you see a lot of that hard work pay off and I, I look back and I see kids now in our football team and you and you can see that their high school coaches or their parents made a big difference because now they're not here with them they have to get up on their own they have to go to class they have to have structure they have to have show self-discipline and hopefully those lessons they learned at that level can carry over now into the college culture. He's John Carr, Director of Football Operations at Southern Miss. Uh, you were telling me before that you've actually coached a lot of people in high school that went on to the NFL. Um, those success stories are awesome that a lot of people know about since we're football fans and fans of the NFL. Some of the stories that we might not know about are the kid with just as much talent that had a character issue or made a mistake in high school that didn't get that college scholarship. Now, I'm not asking you to call out any specific names, but were there people, student-athletes over the course of your tenure at the high school level, that had as much talent as those NFL guys that just blew it because of their off-the-field decisions? Absolutely. I, I, it's probably not a high school coach in America that don't have a story of, of someone they coached that had God-given ability and, and certainly had the drive to do outstanding things and could have used football as a vehicle to get to college and to pay for their education that made a mistake that uh, uh, and never got that opportunity. And, and I can think of three or four right offhand over the last several years that opportunities were there for them and they made some, some drastic poor decisions that affected the rest of their life and, and you hope that they're able to learn from it, rebound, and get second chances. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what's a shame. And then uh, you look back and, and you're also most proud of the guys that were able to handle their business, that did, did do things the right way, that were – uh, that, that kept pressing on, that kept working hard, and, and uh, were able to go on and, and, and get a degree or get a diploma or start a family and do things the right way. So there's definitely certain uh, each end of the spectrums, and you just hope that you're able to touch kids and, and, and bring the message, and hopefully if you can uh, do like you did and be able to change at least one person in that room, then you've made a, uh, that's, that, that visit a success. John Carr is our guest. He's with the football team here at Southern Miss, and uh, you've worked for years uh, I was almost going to say decades, but you're not that old. Worked for years at the high school level as both uh, the head football coach and an athletic director at your high school that you just came from. You're just starting here at Southern Miss, so congratulations on your job here. I wanted to ask you about community service at the high school level. You know, we always hear about how admissions offices look to your extracurricular activities and your community service. It's not just about your GPA. 
what's your take on that? Is that true? Is that an old wives' tale? Should everybody go out and start a car wash and sell lemonade for cancer? I mean, how much community service does the average senior in high school need? Well, I think it just the big thing is I think those those seniors need to get out and and they need to make sure that the public sees them doing an event that can help their community and also instill a value in them to go out and help others. And I think uh, we did it at the high school I was at, whether it's uh, football players help referee in YMCA games or whether it's uh, pick, picking a, a section of the highway there to keep to keep clean and knowing you putting your stamp on it and your name on it that, hey, the football team at Washington High School is going to take away this section of the road and make sure it's clean at all times. Whatever it is, you need to give back to those people that are giving you so much and also instill a sense of pride in taking care of your business. Uh, and, I, and I think that you can never do too much to, to show thanks uh, for your community, and I think that's something you need to instill in young people at an early age. Well, John, thanks for your time. I want it before we let you go. We're out. We're actually on the uh, we're on the north end zone of the stadium right now at Southern Miss, and uh, you might be able to hear in the background the work that's going on. They're updating the stadium. The, the scoreboard is going to be new. I, I know you had a, a tornado here in the last several months, um, so we like to see the the campus coming back strong. You are sort of a new face on campus as director of football operations. What is your favorite part of Southern Miss? Oh, I think the people. I mean, uh, the people is what makes the place. And Hattiesburg uh, got here June 1st, and uh, is the, the response has been overwhelming to our staff and all the new people on board with our football program. But more, more than anything is just how many people have come by and wished wells, whether it's phone calls, emails, uh, invites to certain functions at country clubs. And just to get to know the people of Hattiesburg, they're hungry to win. Uh, they're hungry for uh, football season to get started. And, and uh, it's just great Southern hospitality here, and everybody loves their football. And so we're ready to get ready for a good season. Does Brett Favre stop by? He has came by. I didn't get an opportunity to meet him when he did come by, but I know he's eager to get started, and I know Southern Miss, is, he holds it dearly to his heart, and he coaches right up here at Oak Grove High School, which is right up the road. And so we're looking forward to him being back a part of our program and, and uh, so many others that are part, such as Ray Guy you mentioned earlier. I have met Ray. He stopped by. And uh, there's so many people that are fans of, of Southern Miss football in Hattiesburg. And, and uh, you know, our goal is to get uh, Southern Miss back and win the championships at the Conference USA level and, and ultimately get to a BCS Bowl. So uh, we're looking forward to it. The University of Southern Mississippi, it's Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles. He's John Carr, the Director of Football Operations. Thank you, John, so much for joining us. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate us having us on. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.